When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy. Will T and the Will T and well and also we're part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. What's going on, folks? I got a little distracted. What's good? Oh, I, mean, I thought you were going to introduce a third part, uh, a fourth person. I know I got distracted. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I thought you were referring to yourself. I was about to. Did I? I? I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I know. I was about to dance. Am I the rock? Like, is that what we doing? I mean, no. I, I thought. I just thought y'all added somebody else. Why? You know, and didn't tell me. Oh my god! Here comes this dude. Here you go, bro. I go along with it. Here you go, bro. Here you go. We're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? We're not doing that. But how's everybody doing, man? On this lovely uh, Tuesday evening. Yeah, man. I'm. Mean, um, I'm not gonna say I'm excited, but um, I want to hear. Um, I'm excited to talk with you all first of all. Uh-huh. Then I want to hear the uh, State of the Union. I always look forward to listening to that. That's right. It's going on. I don't watch. You know what? I suck in life. I'm not current anymore, dude. Thank you. Just reminded me. I feel like um, a bad person. I'm not current anymore. Well, if you let me help you out, yeah. there's an invasion going on, and oh, I know that. Ukraine. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So that's what the State of the Union is about. Okay. No, it's about a, it's about other stuff. Okay. Related. To, well, let's talk less, about bro. it. Say less. <laughs> Dude, I've been like <laughs> dog. Dude, I was in PA, so I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even. Dude, I've been out, man. I've been like out of it. So don't judge me, Ray. I've I've been out of it. I suck in life right now. He said, so that's what it's going to be about. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I, I just feel you. like you should, if you know the history of the State of Union addresses, I do. One thing. I know it's it is, but, but I didn't know, sometimes they just, when they just, it's like this main topic, like what are the, like the main issues? Like, is that the main topic of discussion? That's all, like, something always sparks it. No, I ain't going to talk about inflation also. Okay. Um, he's also going to talk, don't about, want to talk about that. Get guy. his agenda, <laughs> get his, getting his agenda moving forward. So, um, no, I'm just always interested to hear, you know, the kind of the state of America from the most powerful persons in America. Oh man, Ray said, say less. All right, Ray, I will say less. You know what I mean? Thank you, sir. Hey, Empire Media. Hey, hey, well, he said I was in PA. I was. <laughs> go ahead, dude. I know. Anyway, I understand. Like there's no cable TV. I know, right? No radio. Hey, <laughs> man, I was getting fried, bro. I was getting fried, dude. I was getting fried, man. Like I don't even know. I was getting. Right, it is what it is. Hey, Empire Media hosts multiple okay. DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Conn Report. 
report hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders uh, insider John Kime and Jones Football hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app and hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. I don't know how new it is anymore, but it is what it is. Go ahead. Don't forget <laughs> to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. <laughs> all right, is it my turn? Because I'm in PA, so I don't know. <laughs> hey, shoot, dude. So, anyway, uh, also join do our Urban me. Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Team, Sports Blogger, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debate. Hey, Will T. <laughs> Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll debate whether the Washington Commanders should draft a quarterback uh, with the 11th, with the 11th pick overall or trade it for a veteran quarterback at 820. Nuts and bolts sports. Patrick Waring will join us to talk about Georgetown Hoyas men's basketball coach Patrick Hewen possibly being on the hot seat. Um, at 8.35, we'll talk about Junior, Welterweight, Gary, Antoine, Russell Jr. Stopping Victor Postal, Postal in, um, in Saturday night's fight. And finally, we'll talk about Art, uh, Art Browse telling Grambling State that he will not join their staff. Uh, but first, the Washington Commanders have the 11th pick overall in the NFL draft. There will, uh, there will be quarterbacks available at 11. Washington also, um, has been rumored to go after a, uh, a bunch of veteran quarterbacks, should they trade the pick for a veteran QB or draft a QB at the with the eleventh pick? Um, I, it's difficult to say because I I'm not going to sit up here and say I know which veteran quarterbacks are available. Mm-hmm. Right? There's you know there's rumors that from guys such as Aaron Rodgers could be available, possibly Derek Carr. Russell Wilson, you know, the name goes on, you know, just that's just via trade. Then through free agency, you know, Jameis Winston coming off of an injury. He looked mighty good those first seven games in uh, New Orleans. So there's some veteran opportunity. There's some opportunities to get some veterans out there. But when it comes to this quarterback class, I just don't there's, – there's one guy that I think is has a huge upside, and that's Malik um, – Willis, I forgot the Willis, young man's Willis, name. Willis, 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 Malik, Malik Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis out of Liberty. Uh-huh. Um, I think that kid has that. – I'm not going to call him a kid. The young man has a tremendous upside, but it's, you have to ask yourself this question. Do you think that this organization has the infrastructure in place to, A, be patient with his development, and, A, and B, um, develop a – a future starter, you know, a potential, you know, a guy who has the potential and you want to see make it to multiple pro balls and be a starter for 10 plus years and take it to the Super Bowl. And I just don't think that's necessarily the, um, the case with this front office. Um, and this, and this coaching staff, just to be honest with you. So I will go with option A, which is, um, find a veteran quarterback and that veteran quarterback, if I was Washington, I would try to get is Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. Okay. <laughs> for the, I mean, for the reason for the, no, and, and, this, and this is why Jimmy Garoppolo has, no, listen, oh, listen Jimmy you. Garoppolo has shown you that he can take you, take a team to 
the Super Bowl into the NFC Championship game. Now we now we know that he um you know isn't a guy that's going to go out there and win you and win you a bunch of games himself, uh-huh. and sometimes he will be the hindrance to you um to your ability to win. But what he's also shown is when you have pieces in place for him, uh-huh. he's successful. And I think that this Washington offense has some pieces in place to make to 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 help Jimmy Garoppolo be successful. Right. That's my opinion. I like to go against the grain. Uh-huh. You should know. Well, they, are, are you about to go? I just want to make sure I'm not jumping in front. No, no, no. I called. No, I said you, Ray. You, you go uh, ahead, go okay. ahead, oh, Ray. absolutely. Okay, my bad. So I like to go against the grain, like I said, because we watch these quote-unquote experts on TV, Melvin Kuyper being one of them. And <laughs> if you were to listen to, to Melvin Kuyper, you would draft Kyle Melvin or you would draft Blake Borders. <laughs> His name is Melvin. I'm not going to call him Melvin because, like I said, his mom named Melvin. I'm going to call him Melvin. And the thing is, he just paid, I'm sure, a good salary. And often, I just feel like he's wrong. He talks about the big arm on this guy. He loves Zach Wilson. And this year, of course, the experts are saying that this is sort of a weak quarterback draft. So the top guy is Kenny Pickett. He's referred to as or at least by CBSSports.com, as Joe Burrow-like, quote-unquote, uh-huh. you know, because he has the ability to make quick throws. He's experienced, had a lot of starts in college. And while he's not the most athletic dude, he can lose sacks, which that's Joe Burrow. But with that being said, I don't see him as being a fit in Scott Turner's offense as, you know, Washington's looking for someone with a similar skill set to, to, let's say, Josh Allen, somebody who's tough, who can get on the move, who has a, a, a nice arm, who, who is fairly accurate. So... Here's the, the quarterback I'm most intrigued by, and that's Matt Corral out of Ole Miss because he's athletic. He has an extremely quick release, which would be good for the Scott Turner offense. He's been referred to as, quote, Jalen Hurts with a stronger arm. And let's look at what Jalen Hurts has done to this division, including the Washington Commanders. I was about to say the Washington football team. And he's Sounds a better. bit shorter than better. Matt Corral. So <laughs> if this boy had the arm in terms of like the deep ball, I would easily say he's Russell Wilson 2.0. However, just to, just to note, y'all, when Russell Wilson led the Seahawks to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, was he heavily relied upon? No, it was the Legion of Boom that yeah. was real at the time. So if Scott Turner can help this young boy corral and the defense can get right, this might be the guy that you that you select. Now, can he start right away? I actually think he could. Is there going to be some growing pains? Of course. Um, he didn't throw for a ton of yards in college. And if you look, when he played against Alabama, he was 0-2, although two seasons ago, he put up 48 on Bama. Bama. Bama just happened to put up 61 on that same day. So that, that wasn't necessarily his fault. And, of course, lastly, if, if you're not going to draft a guy in 11, I think Sam Howell from North Carolina, I think he'll be there in the second round if you choose to get a veteran like Marcus Mariota and then pass on drafting a quarterback in the first round. You could get Sam Howell because, again, he's somebody who can escape the pocket. He does have the ability to throw deep, which I know Scott Turner would like. And, of course, the stem plays. And then if you sit behind a Mariota or, uh, of course, Trubisky for two seasons, he should be ready if he's coached up. Because Trubisky's the rumor right now that that's who Washington is looking at. So that's kind of where I'm at. I would draft Corral if, if he's available, which he should be. Yeah, um, I wouldn't draft a quarterback just because Ray mentioned who he mentioned as the offensive coordinator. I just feel like um, – <laughs> When you're you're putting a, you're putting a rookie into the hands of a guy that's a, that's unknown, you know what I mean? Like, like Will, you mentioned even for instance, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. 
uh, he was in a good a good situation where he's had one of the best offensive minds in football in Kyle Shanahan, who has pretty much helped any quarterback he's had to become, you know, take their game to another level. So this is not Kyle Shanahan. This is an, un- an unknown. I'm not going to be as critical as I normally am on dude, but he's an unknown. And so I'm just not sure within way, the way this team is built. Like you mentioned, Will, this this um, this 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 staff, this office, how they're constructed. If they're ready for a guy like Jim Garoppolo or even a rookie quarterback, you know what I mean. They need somebody that's can that can create even when there's chaos. They that can create when the play goes wrong, and that means with their arm, with their legs. It's like you don't have to dial up the perfect play for this quarterback to 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 reach that type of level in this draft. In this draft, is there a quarterback with that cap? That capability, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I think you need to have a – I mean, I like Willis. I agree with you, Will T. I do like Willis. I like his upside. But, again, say this offensive coordinator isn't the guy. Right now he has to go with another coordinator. And I don't want to put that on a young dude. We saw what happened with Jason Campbell. So I'm like, all right, get a vet who can can, can audible out of a bad play, who can kind of work with what he has rather than a guy that you're going to have to put, on, put a lot on it and – put a lot on him because we've seen even here in a, the body of work that this coordinator tends to like he likes to run the he likes to throw the football he doesn't like to run the football so he's gonna put the ball into the quarterback's hands to make plays he's done that a number of times and we've seen it in terms of body of work he does like throwing the football so I'm not even sure if he is a rookie quarterback will he say you know what let's kind of ease him into it let's run the football let's run run Antonio Antonio Gibson uh, the bulk, the bulk load the carries, give him the carries, and and kind of limit this quarterback's you know attempts at passing the football, and so he can ease himself, e- ease his way into to the system, and ease his way into the NFL. I'm not sure this coordinator will be able to do, will do that with this dude, but he would be willing. But if he if you give him a quarterback who can air it out and do the, and do some special things with the football, I think you know he'll be a, um, the team will be better suited. And f- for real, I don't think. Rivera has that much time to kind of wait on a young quarterback due to the fact what's happened to him. I mean, over the last two seasons, it's just winning seven games. Now, I agree with you also, Wole. Um, that last part specific, uh, I agree with that last part. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you have to be cautious of if you are in the front office is, okay, how – realistically, how do we evaluate Ron Rivera and his long-term prospects with this organization, right? Mm-hmm. Do we want to entrust with um, a top 11, you know, a, a highly graded uh, 11th overall quarterback who, you know, who the front office has done the scouting on and believes this is the guy, the right guy for their organization? Do they think Ron Rivera will be around long-term to be able to mold that him and Scott Turner be able to be around long term to mold that that quarterback. And if you don't think that, um, excuse me, <clears throat> he's going to be around here long term, you want to. If you're the scouts and you're the front office, you want to ensure that you're just you're picking the right guy and not just a guy that's right for Scott Turner and Ron Rivera's system. A guy who has high potential and high upside that could be the leader of your franchise for ten to fifteen years. Totally agree. So on Twitter, uh, my man, uh, Mark, I mean, at Mark, uh, crew, uh, tweeted, uh, trade back into the first, into round one and select how after drafting the final piece needed on the, on that defense. So would you trade back? 
the final piece on their defense. So, so, I think that defense needs a lot more than the final piece. I think that defense needs a Based off of their play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a few yeah, pieces. I, <laughs> there's a few pieces. I mean, you finished. They have some, yeah, I agree with you, Will T. They have some answers on defense. They need some players on defense in terms of the linebacker. They get, they have to get the linebacker situation situated on that defense. Um, Gotta get the linebacker situation, the safety situation. Uh, it depends. I feel like if they if they settle in on what they want to do, they can they can kind of. Because I thought uh, what's his face played McCain played all right towards the end of the season, and I think they played around with uh, Cam Curl way too much in terms of having him out of position um, at the start of the season. You know what I mean? I felt like once they kind of settled things down, they moved Landon Collins to their hybrid linebacker position. Uh, I thought their defense played better. Um, but that's more egos and whatnot. So, A-Ray, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, based on what you described, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater is a good fit. I know people feel like he checks down a lot, but he's one that can audible out of plays. He's very experienced. He's eerily similar in terms of just his IQ to like a Peyton Manning. Of course, he's not as talented, but he's a very smart quarterback. So he's somebody that could be brought in, and a lot of people do like Teddy Bridgewater, although the receivers might get frustrated just based on the fact that he doesn't throw down the field as much as one would like. But remember this, Wole, this is on Twitter. You mentioned John Com to start every freaking show. We're going to quote the brothers today. Yeah. He posted I saw it. what Ron Rivera said at the combine, <laughs> which was, does anybody care what the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford last year? No. The point is, of course, if you get the right guy, the cost won't matter. That means they're trying to land somebody big. We know what Russell Wilson said is not going to be him. But I don't think right now they necessarily, outside of Trubisky, they're looking for somebody who they feel like can turn this thing around of next course. year yeah. and they can make a deep playoff run. So they're looking to spin. So this draft pick is definitely up in the air. I don't know how you all feel about that. I, I'm not opposed to drafting or signing somebody. I just know, like everybody else does, that this team needs a quarterback. Um, I don't know who... If, if Russ, I mean, I think Russ is playing coy, but I'm not even into like, to me, like, I think who, who said it? Will or, it was Will or, Will, on you or Ray said, um, about when was Russ successful when they ran the football with that, you will? That was me. That no, was you, Ray? Yeah, Ray. so this is the thing. I mean, depending on what, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I like <laughs> Russ. I mean, I like Russ. I don't, I like Russ. But also, we're talking about when Russ was, you know, winning, Winning at a high at a high clip, winning Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, being in the Super Bowl, he wasn't the guy that you didn't put everything on Russ, right? It was like he was he was part of the team. He wasn't the, he was part of the team. He was the face of the team. But he was part of the team. Um, Mark, well, arguably Marshawn Lynch was the face of the team, but you bring him here, it's different. Like I feel like you know Russ. There's a chance that Russ could fail here. I don't know why I think that. I kind of have that in my mindset, but. Because I feel like the only I feel like quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers would be way better, but you know a lot of folks think that because Russ is younger that he would be the better fit. Um, but even all that, I think that the, the if you're going to trade your first round pick, that's the whole thought process. It's going to be for somebody who's elite, not somebody who's average. Interesting, interesting take. Because you're the only Commanders fan on the set, so. Your your words are golden, my friend. <laughs> Here's why. You've lived through a whole lot of these different – I actually call it the quarterback, quarterback carousel, which we all have, of course, yeah. living in this area. But when you're rooting for this team specifically, it's difficult when you're not sure who's the guy or who's going to be the guy of the future. 
And that's the problem I have with depending on the veteran you get is how long can they uh, realistically be the quarterback here versus if you draft somebody young, that could be your, your guy for, for the long term. I mean, obviously, Chase Young was mentioned in, in the possible trace scenario with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, I think the eyes are looking at this legal case for him. Yeah. If he gets cleared or he escapes without much punishment from the league and or the, the legal system, then I see him as the person you trade the house for, a la Matthew Stafford and the Rams head deal. One quick question before we go to break for you, Ray. I want to follow up on that just statement you just said. You said depending on the punishment from the league and the legal system. Let me give you a scenario. Let's say he's been absolved of all legal charges, but the league still still suspends him for six games. Cause we, we've seen this happen, right? Guys have been absolved legally, but the league has still sought punishment against them, right? Let's say he's suspended for four to six games. Do you think he's worth giving up three picks, three future first round? This this year's pick and two future first round picks for. Yes, I agree. What about you, Wole? Absolutely. Setting in. Do you still make the trade? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I zoned out. Still in PA, huh? You're still in PA. I'm still there, bro. I'm still there, man. I'm still there. Um, I'm still making a trade. I don't care. Look, man, you already know where I stand. <laughs> you already know where I stand. I'll make the trade regardless. Okay. I'm, I'm pro Deshaun. I'll make the trade regardless. I don't even care. All right. Well, <laughs> when we go, when we come back from break, we'll discuss Patrick Ewing. We want the question is, is Patrick Ewing's time <laughs> is the Hoyas coach up? We have Patrick Warren from the NBS Sports Hour podcast. He'll join up, join the show to chat with us after the break. The Urban Sports Team. For ages. You did. <laughs> <laughs> on Ampire Media, AmpireMedia.com. are listening to the urban sports scene with will t ray jeezy and myself wole part of empire media empiremedia.com all right right now we have patrick wearing from the nbs sports hour podcast what's good pat yo what's up guys how y'all doing you're doing good. I want to call you Project Pat. I just, you know, I'm in my three six mode, so I just want to call you Project Pat. That's yeah. my. Th- <laughs> uh, that work. That work, Pat. Okay, Project yeah. Pat. What's good? What's going on, work. man? All work. How about how about PA Pat? He's gonna say that's inside joke, Pat. They going on me, Pat. Don't listen to them, man. They going on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's so what's good? Well, how's the podcast going, my man? Uh, it's going pretty good, man. We're just trying to keep on kind of moving through um, what we've been doing. Uh, we've, you know, we've had the normal part where we talk a little bit of everything. You know, main, main focus is on local sports, but we talk a little bit of everything, uh, sports, movies, music, TV, culture. But uh, we also added a Hoyas Weekly where we just focus strictly on Georgetown. So we've just been trying to uh, keep, you know, keep it going. 
Hey, Patrick, this is Ray. And you and I, we, we follow each other on Twitter, bro. And I will admit, you know, I, between you and Monica McNutt, y'all some ride or die. I understand why Monica is, but I got to give you credit for hanging in there during this tough time for the for the Warriors. They're being 6-22 six, six and 0-17. Oh and it's like that chick that stays with the dude even when he in jail. And he walks out and she waiting for him. Right now, Warriors fans are in prison, bro. Why has this been such a tough season for the Hoyas, my man? Yeah, well, for me, man, I'm local, and ever since uh, ever since I can remember, I had been seeing Georgetown stuff. So when I used to go to um, cookouts, at, you know, at Grandma's house, I always see the older cousins and uncles had Georgetown shirts. So that's kind of how it came about for me on that part, and I've just been riding since um, <laughs> this week. As far as this season, uh, like you said, man, I mean, it has been tough. You know, uh, obviously, looking at the record, it's been tough. But um, just like a lot of different situations, man, with games, just letting games get away, uh, not being able to put together complete games. Um, I will say in the beginning of the season, when we talked to Coach, a lot of people didn't want to hear it. I've mentioned this before on our, on our pod and talked to other people. A lot of people did kind of, I mean, Coach did caution um, and, and wanted people to be patient with this season. You know, coming off the Big East tournament, um, there was a lot of excitement, of course, with that, with that run they did in March. But the guys lost some big guns, you know, and that, you know, off of that team. So coming back, returning this season, only having Don Carey and Dante Harris as far as guys that played a major role in last year, uh, as far as court time, uh, adding some new pieces, having some young guys. Uh, he wanted everybody to be patient. Now, I'm sure he didn't think 0-17 in conference, talking about this uh, you know, losing streak, but I think there were some things there that he kind of saw or anticipated, but it you know, it just ended up being worse, I think, than anyone could have imagined. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. We're chatting with Patrick Warren from NBS Sports our podcast. Patrick, I have a question for you. Yes, so sir. far in five seasons, Patrick Ewing is 68-81 and 81 as head coach of the Hoyas. He took his team to the NCAA tournament last year. Do you think that this will be his last year as the coach of the Georgetown Hoyas basketball team, men's basketball team? Uh, do I think so? Um, I don't think so, man. I, you know, I have a feeling that they may at least go go another year and kind of see how things go. Of course, there's been all kinds of talk on social media, uh, people's opinions, and different people have been writing either articles on radio. There's been a lot of talk that way, but uh, I look at a couple things. Uh, one, we haven't heard anything from Lee Reed or uh, President uh, DeJoya. We haven't heard anything from them on that side. Um, it was reported. It's been reported by multiple people, but Coach picked up a contract extension uh, last year after the Big East tournament. Um, another thing I look at, too, man, the, you know, the guys haven't quit. I think it would be easy for people to kind of pack it in, looking at the record, looking at the way the games have been going. But just kind of watching body language, watching guys, watching effort, um, to me, this doesn't seem like a team that's quitting on their coach. Coach doesn't sound like a guy. That's not going to come back. The players don't sound like they've given up on him. So, and he's also out still recruiting. Um, 
you got guys still still have Georgetown in their top, you know, everybody's doing their top three, five, seven, whatever. You're still hearing Georgetown's name in there. So I think I think when I combine all those things together, uh, right now, sitting here, right here tonight, uh, I think he'll be back. I think there'll probably have to be some changes on the, on the coaching staff, and there's probably had, had to be some different things you're going to have to try to probably look at. But right now, uh, I personally feel like he'll be back. So what do you think? Oh, so, Pat. Uh, well, oh, no, go ahead. Have, go ahead, Will. Go ahead, Will. No, I had a follow-up question. You said you think that there may be some changes to the coaching staff. Let me ask you this. Jawan Howard has had a lot of success in Michigan because he has um, the former coach at St. Joe's, Phil. Um, Martelli. 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 Do you think that it could help steady or balance out Patrick Ewing's bench if he goes and gets a veteran uh, former head coach to be his lead assistant as as he starts to revamp that coaching staff and starts to think about next year? Uh, I think so, man. I you know I, I so I talked about a little bit about this um, with everything that's going on with all the buzz and talk about coach. I talked about a little bit on our paw, but, you know, I've kind of stayed away from a lot of stuff on social because uh-huh. it's kind of crazy right now. <laughs> with a whole lot of comments and people are ready to jump off the ledge and, you know, people getting disrespectful, um, in my opinion. So there's been a lot of stuff out there. So I've really got into it, on, you know, on that end. But, yeah, um, to the original question, I, you know, I think there probably would have to be some changes on the coaching staff. I don't want to talk about nobody losing a job. I ain't trying to wish nothing ill on nobody. But when I kind of look at the coaching staff, um, I'm thinking, that, you know, there probably will have to be some changes. Um, there's one guy on there that stands out to me, local guy, uh, Coach Crouch, Clinton Crouch. Um, I think that's a guy that you need to hold on to. Um, I think he brings a lot to the table right now. He has, you know, his official title is special assistant to the coach, but I mean, just as far as development, the rapport he has uh, with the players, um, I think there's a lot of value there, so if I was like a guy sitting back and trying to think, you know, how do we fix this, how do we make some changes, Crouch is probably a guy I will hold on to. Um, The rest of them, I think you're going to have to look at, and I think there are two things that stand out. You know, I think definitely if you can get somebody that is a head coach caliber type uh, type coach, I think that's good. But I think I think two areas I would look at somebody that's going to be real big major as far as DMV recruiting. I think you want to look at that, and then I think you want to look at somebody that's going to help you defensively. Um, so having someone that's kind of kind of that being their specialty, I think those are two things that 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 I would look for if I was trying to put some guys around coach. Hey Pat, man, appreciate you being on, man. This has been dope. Uh, before we let you go, how can how can folks catch your podcast and let our listeners know how they, uh, they can reach you on social media, even though they kind of are beefing with you or whatnot, or you have issues on social media? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, I ain't got no beef with nobody. I just read stuff and I'm seeing a lot of different stuff. No, it's negative, man. I know what you're saying. It's real negative. I know what yeah. you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It is real negative. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, as far as following me personally, uh, at Waring Patrick W A R I N G Patrick, um, the pod is the NBS Sports Hour. That's at NBS Sports Hour. 
Well, Pat, man, we appreciate you, my man. We'll try to get you back on again. Hopefully, I mean, I'm a big Patrick Hewitt fan. I mean, that's one of my favorite Hoyas, but it's a struggle, man. I'm a big Hoyas fan, so it's it's hard, man. It's hard either way right now. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. Like you said, people just got to, I mean, we got to wait and see what's going to happen. I think, you know, everybody has to just kind of let it play out, uh, let the season, two more games, and you got the Big East tournament. Uh-huh. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we definitely will. All right, well, Pat, you take it easy, my man. All right, thanks a lot, guys. All right, thanks, man. All right, thank you, Pat. Appreciate you. All right, all right, time for the next segment. We're going to go to break. It looks like Gary Antoine, <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Russell Jr. is ready for stardom. We'll talk about his latest fight after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. are listening to the urban sports scene with myself Wole, Ray Jeezy and Will T and we are part of Empire Media at empiremedia.com Wole, prior to the break you teased that we were going to talk about Junior Welterweight Gary Antoine Russell and his TKO victory over Victor Posto in the 10th round this past Saturday night fellas starting with you Wole what were your thoughts on the fight oh man I thought um, Antoine still had, had a great showing. Um, I think I talked to you last night, late last night about, um, the, cause I saw, I caught it late. Um, so I know you, you all were tweeting me over the weekend about the fight and I, I caught it late. Um, but I was so annoyed cause I was in PA. Um, but I was so annoyed. <laughs> but I was so annoyed. Uh, at, uh, Al Burns thing. He's starting to annoy me over the last couple, uh, last couple of weeks about how, uh, he, he tends to talk about the Russells in the fights. Maybe I'm biased. I don't even know anymore, but, um, but he was, it was ridiculous. I felt like he was trying to gas up post all, post all in the fight, um, with, you know, every punch was valued when he threw it, when Antoine threw his punches uh, with damage and whatnot and combinations and quick hands, um, it wasn't talked about as much, but, I thought again. I thought he showed, had a good showing. This was the toughest fight. Um, he dominated the fight in my car when I did the car for my own card. I, I guess you could have gave Postal one round. Um, uh, but out of ten, I think he. Um, if anything, he it was it was a nine-one type of affair, which is dominant. Uh, he stopped the fight, I, and you know a lot of controversy over 
um, if the fight was prematurely stopped. This is the this is my way of thinking. I don't have a problem with the stoppage. Dude, dude had no chance to win. He hurt him in that last round. That last situation was like 50 seconds or 20 seconds. Truth be told, we talk about safety with boxers. He could have. What was? What would be the the cool thing of just not stop? Um, if they didn't stop it, what, it to me, what's the problem of of stopping it? The fight's over. He got hit. He got hurt. If say that he let the fight go on and then Antoine busts him up and gives dude a concussion, what are we saying now? Because dude didn't have a chance to win the fight. So I don't get the whole, oh, Antoine, um, it's a terrible stoppage. Like, it was the worst stoppage in the world. They made it seem like it was the end of the world of, of all stoppages. We've seen stoppages that are in the in the seventh, eighth round where it was ridiculous, right? Those are worse than having a stoppage with freaking 30 sec, 50 to 50 or 30 seconds of a fight. So I had no problem with the stoppage. It was good showing. Good for Antoine. I have a problem with the stoppage, and here's why. If you are a fighter and you have now, granted he hurt him, but I don't think it was a it was a necessity for you to stop the fight. You've gone up, you had thirty seconds left. Let the fighter go out there and finish the fight, and go out as some people like to say on his shield. Now, Wole, you bring up an interesting point. You know, he could have been severely hurt, or that you know he could have been severely hurt by Gary Antoine. Um, Within those last 30, I think it was like 30 or 50. I forgot how, how, how long it was left in the fight, but uh, give him the opp- give him the opportunity to go out there and to finish the fight, right? You put in the training, you, uh, made the sacrifice, you prepared yourself. Now you were down on the card and you were on the way to a unanimous decision loss, but in the mind of some fighters, they want to go out and they want they want to go out on their own and not have a stoppage which especially a stoppage that some would deem um not that good of a stop with not 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 that not not a um a good decision good to make that stoppage at that point in the fight yes well, let me take this time just to remind the listeners to go to youtube search the urban sports scene subscribe then watch our interview with Gary Antoine Russell. It wasn't the most viewed video we put out there so far, but it had 71 likes and zero dislikes because everybody loves Gary Antoine Russell because he's an emerging star. And what's interesting about him and what I love about him is his consistency and his approach to boxing. I'm going to quote him in, in our interview, and I'll paraphrase a bit, because early in the interview we asked him about what he was doing to prepare for fights. This was, of course, during the heart of the pandemic. And he said, quote, it's the trainer's job to get me to understand what he wants me to understand and execute what he wants me to execute. I can do that, but I want to go above and beyond. And I think we saw that in this fight, right? Yeah. Where it seemed like he was listening to the corner, but he wanted to go above and beyond. And at times he made mistakes because he lunged forward in spite of the fact that the corner just told him, you know, keep going to the body. Use your right hand. And again, he did these things. And of course, we saw how that um, impacted the outcome. We also talked to him uh, about what would happen if you find, your, find yourself in like a dog fight or a slug fest. And what he said was, you know, with him being the one in the ring and it being only him in there, he said, I can only pretty much rely on myself. But I do revert back to my brothers and what my father teach me, teaches me and, and their coaching. And again, I feel like we saw exactly 
that this past weekend he fought with pressure. He was the one that was applying so much pressure to Posto where he he couldn't get comfortable. Posto wanted to use his, his length. He wanted to use his jab, and he never got established. So I feel like the consistency and also how seasoned he is at his age, he's going to continue to climb the ladder in the rankings of boxing in general, not just in his weight division. Agree. So who would y'all like to see him fight next? Uh, you know, I, I didn't really take the time to really contemplate that. Um, geez, that's a great question. Um, Ray, if you have somebody, I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, they know my answer. It's because of, not directly after the fight, but soon after, you can go to Fight Hype and actually watch the interview. I, I'm sorry to plug somebody else, but it is what it is. No, on YouTube, fine. You know, check them out, too. I got love for everybody. Yeah. But what Antoine said was, Josh Taylor is somebody that is on his list. He said, pretty much whoever you put in front of me, I'm going to knock him down, which tells me it's probably not going to be Josh Taylor. However, since Josh Taylor didn't have a strong showing and he's a title holder. Josh Taylor and lost. Now with... No, he didn't. He won. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He won. He did win. My bad. Now, now Chris, bad. Chris Colbert lost, which I think that hurts our <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what, That's what I'm thinking. That's, that's what I was thinking right. about. My bad. My bad. So that, but that still matters, though, Will, because... Al Heyman invests a lot into Chris Colbert. That was his third time headlining a Showtime boxing event. Jerry Antoine Russell is getting to the place where I think he's going to be a co-main event on a bigger on a bigger fight card. Like the co the co-feature on a Colbert card is okay, but if you, as you saw that arena in Vegas, it wasn't popping. But nah. now with with Jerry Antoine Russell setting social media and YouTube ablaze with this performance. Because remember, of course, we, we may not have mentioned this already, but it's a well-known fact that he's the only one to stop Postal, right? Yeah. Or Postal, however you pronounce Postal, it. Postal, uh, Terrence Crawford, of course, being Post, the most, the most uh, decorated fighter that fought Postal. And Jerry Antoine Russell was the only one, again, that was able to stop him. And like I said, that's set social media blaze. I think that now Al Heyman will invest a bit more into him and he'll get a bigger fight. John Taylor will be dope, although... I feel like it's going to be a step, another another fight prior to that before he gets that step up fight. Yeah, I I, I don't have a name per se who I want to see. I think mm, Jose Ramirez would be a good step up in competition. We all know that Jose Ramirez was a guy who lost to Josh Taylor. Um, as Josh Taylor unified the, the all the belts at um, one forty. But, you know, of course, you have the whole um, PVC top rank thing that's going on. That's probably that's not is probably, but will prevent that fight from happening. Um, but I want to see him step up. I, w- I would love to see him step up um, in competition, um, a level of competition. You know, we, we you know, he had this uh, amazing win over Postal. So, I you know, I don't know who I would over Victor Postal. I don't know who per se I would want to see him fight off the top of my head. Um, but I do want to see him get a, a, a step up in competition. Maybe a guy like Regis, uh, Pro, uh, what's his name? Regis Progress. Yeah, Progress. that'd be a good Progress, fight. Yeah. I think that would be a good fight. Uh, Wood got uh, on, on, on IG, uh, you know, Reggie, uh, Re- Reginald Woodson, he has, um, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, uh, Akhmadov, Akhmadov? Yeah, I don't want to. He said he fought Barreos. He's after he said he beat Barreos. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's going to be a rematch, um, though, I think, right? Very, he said it would be he said, that would be a good target in the WBA ranking. That's what he said. A, a good target for the WBA I mean, rankings. You know who else just moved up to 140? Who? Who? Theo Fimo. He moved up to 140. That would be a huge step up in competition. That might not be the right move. Not right now. I don't think not right now. Not right now. But yeah, what you want to say, Ray? You wanted to add you wanted to add something, right? No, that was it. That's all I wanted to add. Nah, I just think that, I mean, but it was a good showing though, bro. I just feel like, you know, until we talked about, we wanted to see him take, take it, you know, take it to another level. And I just felt like for this fight, it definitely was, this, this fight showed that he's ready. You know what I mean? Like, and we said this, we, we said this in the beginning. I think all of us kind of agreed to it that, you know, this is, he's the one. And I get, and shout out to Gary Russell Jr. too. I thought he did a great job as a trainer. Um, in the, as the corner man, I thought he was an amazing job mm-hmm. in terms of what he, the, the 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 stuff that he told his, his younger brother to the adjustments you know to go to to go back to the right hand um it, it showed out man like one thing you can't judge man is just you know boxing knowledge you know the sweet science right will t you can't judge that that man has yeah, it sweet science it's, i mean it's, it's the family business yeah, for those guys real talk right? man all of the brothers do it it's the it's the family business mm-hmm. some people are born to do certain things you know like you're born into that family you're one of those brothers Born to, you know, born to be a boxer. Facts, man. And I don't like Jim Gray. I, I don't like Jim Gray's questions either, man. You know, we talk. Look, man, just ask smart questions, dude. Don't ask the dumbass questions. Just ask the smart, real questions, dude. Like, how do you? I'm glad Antoine came with him that smoke. Supposed to ask you. Supposed to like, which? How would you? How would you? How would you feel if your father had his foot amputated? Why would you ask that dumbass question? Yeah, that's one of the things that really concerns me about. No, I mean, just it, it concerns me about uh, people in the media in general, right? But yeah. I understand you have a, a job to do, and often that job is very transactional, right? Yeah. I need to get information for the public from this athlete, or get bites, but have some humanity, yeah, okay, or get, get a sound bite, yeah. or go viral, yeah. or go viral, right? That's that's ultimately what most people want you know, um, to go viral. That's not what I want. I don't care about that stuff. But have some sense of humanity and formulate a a sensible question. After a guy just comes off a very emotional fight, he's put in 8 to 12 weeks to prepare for the fight, if not longer, and you ask that type of question. It's just, uh, you know, Jim Gray, you're better than that. Yeah, man. That's all I'll say. Just trash, man. Hey, on Facebook, uh, David Hickey um, posted, should put him in the top top 10 junior welterweights. He's PBC. There's not many PBC fighters in the top 10. It's kind of yeah. I mean, he. I think he is. He is top. He is in the top ten, uh, right? Of all of, of the official of all of the official rankings. Yeah, I thought so. From my understanding, I thought so too. Man, big up to Antoine, man. All right, Browns ain't coming to Grambling. We'll talk about this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. On Empire Media. EmpireMedia.com. Straight out of ATL. Got young one. Chopping that thing, baby. Swiss beats, full surface. Come on. Come on. 
you can bet that. Hit him where the chest at. Hit him where the neck at. Show me where the rest at. They in the same building, living like a mess pack. Four miles from where the neck at. Bet that. Shout if you and me gon' ride over to the other side. Tiny these motherfuckers die. First make a prank call and get the kids out the house. Ain't tryna kill no kids. I'ma turn it lights out. Shout it. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. Wole? Yes, you heard me. I'm here. Oh, no, I, I just heard whoa. I just heard whoa. I, oh. I didn't hear whoa lay. I'm sorry, my fault, man. You know, I, just, I try to slow it down to give you time to get situated. That's all. It's PA, PA, PA. PA, that's all we're going to say. I was in PA. That's, all you got. that's, that's, that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing. PA all day. PA all day. I'm still there, bro. It was lovely. Lovely. Yep. Yep. Mentally, yep. Mentally, you're still there. I'm still there. <laughs> yep. All right. So we're going to discuss Art Browse firing from Grambling State. But before we get into that, um, on February 25th, after Hugh Jackson made the decision to hire Art Brown, a statement was released through the Hugh Jackson Foundation. That statement goes, the recent hiring of Art Brown as a member of the Grambling State University football staff has caused confusion and concerns that we would like to address. The Hugh Jackson Foundation has dedicated to fighting against all forms of sexual abuse and exploitation, as well as other forms of racial and social bias. We have a clear understanding of the role that coaches and others who have a position of trust play in the lives of those they meet. We also know and understand the process of identifying risk, helping others to heal, and the importance of prevention. We believe that through the hiring of Art Browse and the well-developed programs we have in place, this hire will be instrumental in teaching others the importance of knowing how to prevent victimization, proper reporting procedures, provide adequate resources to individuals who have been victimized and develop strong law enforcement partnership within the community. This recent hire of, our, of Coach Browse is a testament to the importance of these key factors, forgiveness. We believe that all are deserving of forgiveness and without it, healing can't begin. Redemption, redemption follows forgiveness. Going from surviving an experience into thriving through new experiences require a restoration of faith and an opportunity for improvement. Enlightenment. It is our own. It is our own experiences that give us the wisdom to teach others how to live in a world of respect and, and honor. As we move forward together with Coach Browse, we speak. Excuse me. We ask that people keep in mind that no matter your views on this topic, please remember that people can and often do become re-traumatized and re-victimized by statements which may or may not be accurate. We will continue to support Coach Browse and all victims of assault, violence, social, and racial injustice, and we will continue to provide equal opportunities for healing for everyone. That was the statement released by the Hugh Jackson Foundation. And I keep emphasizing the Hugh Jackson Foundation because it's interesting to me that 
Coach Browse was hired by Grambling State, State to be on Hugh Jackson's staff. Now, Hugh Jackson and his foundation, they come out and they make this statement. So this lets me know or puts pause to a couple of things. One, was Grambling, was Grambling State's administration, trustees, um, alumni, and boosters on board with the Art Browse hiring from the first place. That's one of the things that kind of struck me um, with this statement coming out from this foundation. The second thing is, if you're Hugh Jackson, why is it that you think that it's okay that we're kind of at this 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 crossroads in society, right? Um, where you know we you know people are very sensitive to you know um, matters when it comes to um, rape or the accusation of rape. Would would it still be okay? For, would it be okay for you to bring him on board to your campus? And why is it that our browsers, you know, I, I don't want to say for lack of a better words, but why is it that our, the only place that Art Browns can find employment at is at a historically black college? And why would Hugh Jackson think that's okay? Uh, I mean, I'm all about, it's crazy, it's wild. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like over cancel culture in, in general, but, and we talk about redemption. No, I, I am too. Yeah, yeah so, I, all right, we're all I about forgiveness. Too. So this is my, my issue is about the kids. That's who I care about in these, you know, these, these athletic schools. You know, Grambler's trying to build their football program. And to me, we're looking at, we're looking at a guy that, and I, I see your point, Will T, but we're looking at a guy that is a, is a genius in, in terms of what he, as he coaches offense, right? I mean, he's well respected yeah. as an offensive mind. These kids would benefit as football players and in terms of their futures of having that guy coach them. And I'm just like, that's where I was looking at it. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, you have an opportunity to have one of the best college offensive minds coach a program that probably wouldn't be able to get this type of dude. You know what I'm saying? And not to say there's, other, there's not minorities that can do it. And I'm not saying that, but you, this is a, this is a known commodity right here that has, have had, has had guys first round picks who've had stellar rookie seasons, right? Um, has an opportunity to coach your quarterback, your wide receivers, and name the wide receivers that came out of Baylor that he's coached and helped make a bunch of money in the NFL. You have an opportunity to have that guy coach your kids. I'm just, I, I'm looking at, I'm, to me, when I look at this situation, I look at it at, for our kids in terms of playing at the next level and making a boatload of money. That's how I look at it. All right, Ray, I'll let you go. There's a lot that you said there, and I'll say this. When the news first broke that our brows was hired at Grambling, my phone erupted. Mm-hmm. So Wole hit me up, uh, and you said two words, dope hire. Yeah. My man Ransom Miller that we had on the show last week, he hit me up. And then, of course, I saw all the noise around Doug Williams. Who, yes. Will, you asked the question, who was on board for the, with the hire? Apparently, there was a lot of back and forth, yeah. and there was, there was a lot of disagreement as to whether they should bring him on. And Doug Williams said no. Yeah. And then, of course, social media attacked Doug Williams. Like, dude, you had the Washington commander football team, whatever you want to call it. That culture is Baylor times 80. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shut up. You know, we don't want to hear from you. However, what I was told was, that wasn't Doug Williams' issue. He was saying there's more black coaches that could use this position at a historically black college. Yeah. And that's where, I'm not going to lie, I was torn. Like, okay, I can see where he's coming from on that point. 
but I was okay with the hire. And in terms of the cancel culture, because you guys both referenced it, the cancel culture picks and chooses who they want to forgive. Yes. When Kobe Bryant uh, had his situation, eventually they forgave him. And it has nothing to do with race because Ben Roethlisberger was on college campuses doing some wild stuff from what we understand. You know, the, the bathroom door to the club was locked and he was in there with, with females. And, of course, he's a grown man in the league at the time. But, of course, people look past that or they move past it eventually. However, when it doesn't fit their narrative, then, of course, they're going to, they're going to complain and they're going to get as many people to scream as possible. And that's what happened, unfortunately. And I, I agree with Rolay that this would have been a very good opportunity for these young people. And also, I think it would have continued to elevate HBCU football, which is what we're all about on this show. Deion Sanders, Art Browns, um, the, the Tyrone Jackson, Wheatley, the Holy big names coming to hate yeah, Hugh Jackson. Jackson yeah. it, there are na- the names and, and, the, and the, the football minds, they're coming. And not just football, basketball. Reggie Diaz is at Bethune-Cookman. It's happening, y'all. Like, why do we want to impede progress because of somebody's past and or because of somebody's skin color? It's ridiculous. It's so hypocritical, man. So I, I'll say this, and I, in no way am I advocating for Art Brow, right? I've read the report, and some of the things he did were egregious and, quite frankly, disgusting. Um. But I will say this, what makes us as the general public, and when I say us, I mean people who are sports fans, I'll go as far as bloggers, sports reporters, commentators, um, people who just have opinions. What makes us the moral arbitrators of who should and who shouldn't be canceled or who should or who shouldn't get a second opportunity? Ray, you made um, an interesting point. You know, if it fits the narrative, then people are all with it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Doug Williams came out and he made his statement that, you know, he thought this wasn't the best hire for Grambling. And then, you know, like you said, Ray, um, someone mentioned, oh, you work for the Washington Commanders. That's like mm-hmm. the, ke- the pot calling the kettle black, yep. right? True. Right. Um, so <laughs> uh, so it, 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 no way am I advocating for Art Browse in general or any, or any you know, I, I'm, I'm – pretty i'm pretty i really don't have an opinion on the subject but you know this is um i thought this would be an interesting subject for us to have a a conversation about um so i'm just kind of getting my thoughts out there but what do you say about um i'll take the other side of the argument right the guy Mm -hmm. you know when you're trying to raise young men you're trying to teach them um boundaries respect uh, protocol, things of that nature. How can you have a football coach who will be very impressionable and be um, spend more time on a day-to-day basis with those young men, have him kind of oversee or be a part of overseeing <coughs> them, you know, um, for uh, all year round, and he kind of, and he doesn't, ha- he doesn't, he lacks that morality. And he's shown in the past that he lacks that morality to do the right thing. How can you have that type of person being a leader of young men? Can I take that? Well, that's where right. I, I'll yeah. go ahead. No, this is what, I mean, this is the thing, like, because I hear this about society. And this is one thing I will say, like, so it only impacts you when it's not yours. And what I mean by that is if it's your uncle, if it's your mother, if it's your brother, 
you wouldn't have that same, people wouldn't have that same opinion. The outside noise wouldn't have that same opinion. What would they say? Forgive that individual. They've shown that they, they warrant forgiveness. They've tried to prove that they, that they've tried to grant forgiveness. Now, when you're the outside individual, typically you don't believe that. And they, and it's claimed in society that, you know, we should always forgive the next person. We got given an opportunity to prove themselves, right? My, my issue, my, my, mm-hmm. my comment to that, to, to that for those people is like, give this individual an opportunity to prove that, you know what, I messed up, but I'm trying to show you that I'm a better person. Because you can't show somebody that you improve if you don't give them the opportunity. That's true. That's, that, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Well, like I said, I'm not advocating for him or against him. I think it's an interesting conversation yeah. that, and it's a conversation that should be had uh-huh. opposed to people just can't just Canceling you know, it, I agree. Right, saying, yeah. No, yeah. canceling him and give, yeah. and not giving him a, a, another opportunity. Yeah. Um, the reality is, if you're Art Browse, you may not get another head coaching job. You'll have to go through. Well, I'll say this: he can get another coaching job, but it's going to have to be a coach that has the cachet and the power and the respect within his whether it's a professional organization or on their college campus to bring him onto their staff. He'll have to go through the, he'll most likely he'll have to go through the Nick Saban or Bill Belichick um, coaching uh, redemption program where you go and work for one of those guys. And then a year or two, everyone sees it. Say, oh, he worked for Saban. He worked for yeah. Belichick. Now, so everything must be right with him. <laughs> the narrative changes. Then the narrative just changes. Like to Ray yeah, the narrative, like, <laughs> you said, like, like you said, like you said, right? Ray, like you said, then the narrative changes, right? It's crazy, right. Well, well, that's what it is. Now, I will say this out of respect to those who were impacted by that, by that time period or uh, that era uh-huh. when our browser was overseeing the Baylor program. I, I totally get if you don't want him to have another job. And I will not yes. at all argue that. Uh-huh. My, my stance is not based on that because I, I could totally relate if that was my relative in that situation. Yes. Um, D, by the way, DJ Durkin has a job. And part of the culture he yep. created at Maryland, it led to somebody dying, man. Uh-huh. And, of course, do you think that those who were impacted by the death of that player, do you think that they wanted him to be hired somewhere? Well, of course not. Uh-huh. Do I want to see George Zimmerman working out here somewhere after he – Shot Trayvon yeah. Martin. Would I want to see him as a, as a security guard? Well, hell no. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Um, I'm just talking about what we just said in terms of narratives. I'm also going to say this. I'm going to take you, Jackson, at his, at his words. I'm going to take him at face value and say that they fully vetted homeboy. I will also applaud Baylor, who actually acted as opposed to other universities like Penn State, for example, that never punished Paterno uh-huh. or um, Sandusky. It's, it, it's, it's been. It's been addressed, and I'm I'm pretty sure that homeboy learned some form of a lesson. Yes. And as a result, like many, we may not always like it. I'm addressing some things I wouldn't like to see, but people are going to receive a second chance. And um, it's it's crazy again how we have these double standards. But when you're when you're when yeah, go ahead, Will. My bad. Let me ask you. Let I me ask you this. Too, I, got, I, got I, I love. No, I love the point that you're making, Ray. But do you think he? Let me ask you this in a hypothetical. Sure. And because of the 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 pulse of society now and how we love people who we not love we love but we want to see people grovel and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> do you think if Art Browse went on a forgiveness tour per se, he went and spoke to certain media outlets? certain individuals 
and he and he went out and he basically admitted to his wrong, asked for was contrite and asked for people's forgiveness. Do you think he would still be in the same position he's in now? Um, it's hard to say. Stink, some of the stink will come off of him, and people will be more. It, it's hard, it's to hard him. to say because you're not going to please everybody, and there's always going to be that group. There's there's still dog um, or animal rights groups that protest Michael Vick being on TV. That that protest when he played the league, man. You you can and, and that man has done so much to try yeah. to reconcile. Yes. You know what I'm saying with the animal community, with the animal rights community. He he's done a lot. He he's donated. He served community hours that were not obligated by the court. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ray Rice, for example. I mean, that's what he does. Him and his wife they go speaking about domestic violence. He still yes. couldn't get back into the league. You know what I'm saying? Like you're never gonna please the, the majority, but somebody sees that, and this is being Hugh Jackson. Somebody saw that this man is still out there, talented. The funny thing is, the cancel culture just wants people to go away. Our brows went away. He was gone for all the time, <laughs> and then he re he reemerges, and that's not good enough. So you're never gonna please everyone. I, I personally, from this seat I'm sitting in, would have said, give him a chance, and you know, closely monitor the situation. Yeah. I do agree with you, Ray. I think it was. Some, I think it was some. Uh, I think the skin tone with what Doug Williams was talking about. I think that was like one of the main things. Like, give it to somebody that's you know, somebody yeah. black. I think that played a lot into it too. I hated. I hated. I hated that. I hated that. Yeah, me too. I hated that too. But I know that's what it is. Because to me, <laughs> uh, it's so much, bro. We talk about like we we've been doing this thing about trying to we want to see HBCU sports teams do well and you have this is a to me it's 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 not at the level of having the Deion Sanders at Jackson State because Jack to Deion's good is, is also for the culture right it's Deion he's also for the culture but this is a this is this is truth be told this is an awesome ass thing to have like this type of offensive mind come to Gramlin State it's it's almost like say if a Steve Spurrier came to like Howard or something like that in terms of that type of offensive mind in college like you're going you have an opportunity if this if like Gramlin State plays like a, a big time school they have now the belief factor to say you know what we got the coaching to do damage against some of these big schools that you know that that think we're going to be this cupcake team like I just feel like this is this is a situation where it could have helped out one brought probably brought the school some money because you win football games and you and, and college football is a big business and Graham, it brings Gramlin State back to the forefront. I, I don't. I mean, I just have so many issues with it. To be honest with you, so oh, that, that's a, that's. I guess that's one of the one of the issues I have that it, it is business, right? Yeah. And this is a bit. This is a business move for Hugh Jackson. It's a business move for Art Browse. This yeah. is both of those guys saying, "I this is my first step yes. to redemption to getting back to where I was." Facts. Where that's Hugh Jackson. That might be another opportunity in the NFL. As a coordinator or a head coach, and mm-hmm. Art Browse, that may that may be another opportunity to be the head football coach at a major D one college. True, I, it, it, and that's what makes it, and that's part, and that's one of the things that taints it and makes it ugly. Yeah, because I, it, it seems it, it seemed as if this was just another stepping stone for both of those gentlemen. Yeah, I think Doug Williams messed up the church's money. I'm sorry, I'll say it. I, it is what it is. I'm a I'm a Washington whatever fan, Commanders, whatever you want to call them. And, bro, I like, I just feel like he messed up the church's money with this one. I just feel like, you know what? This is your album honor. I get it. Like, 
you you coach there, you have so so many ties. But if you just st- if you just look at the grand the grander picture, the bigger picture, what this could did for your this for your school and your program and for those kids, I think that's look at it for those kids and what their futures could be and what recruiting could be. Man, you like I think you were looking at it in a whole different route. If you looked at it one way. This could have been huge for the program, and again, not even for those kids. Like it could have been huge for those kids. I'm on Twitter. Uh, the Yard HBC uh, HBCU Sports tweeted my non-political answer: beating Arkansas State and or Jackson State would have put a halt to the distraction talk. So if he beat a Jackson State, there would be no distraction. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it all depends on. Who the head coach who the head coach is and the cachet that they have, uh-huh. right? To be able to take the stink off of it in the media in the news cycle. Yeah, uh, my man Cl- Clarence Rack said uh, you would never have to stop answering questions about whether you value the lives of the young young I mean of the women or your campus community. That will never be a good thing. I mean, you win if you well, win games. I'll just say that if you win games, certain certain things change. Nah, but go ahead. I mean. Let's be clear about a couple things. Art Browse himself didn't rape any women. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So for you to say he would he would be he would have some way of influencing right rape on, on that campus, I think it's kind of a it's an asinine statement in itself. It. But it would it would it would also show if you you know that's not the most you aren't necessarily being sensitive to what those victims endure. Definitely, definitely. All right, time to shut the show down. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, uh, on IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure make sure you subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, uh, Amp Papyrus Media at amppapyrusmedia.com. Uh, and show and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Hey man, this has been a dope show, dope segment, dope conversations, uh, dope guests. It's my man Pat. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yeti, deuces. Hey Mega, lead us out, big homie.